So you're very tired. <laughs> Is that the start of the podcast? That's the start of the podcast. I feel like your therapist actually when I say that. Uh, so you're, so very, you're very tired. Yes. <laughs> and how does that make you feel? Uh, tired and tired. What about you? Tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel tired. Listen to how tired you are. It's kind of, I feel like Mondays, it overcomes you. I think because the weekend, you, you're doing so many different things mm-hmm. and you're keeping active or I don't know. Yeah. And then like you have Monday at work and you're kind of like, I'm tired. How do I do this every day? See, normally I don't do much at the weekend because I, at the minute, obviously I work in two jobs. I don't have time to chill. So normally at the weekend, I'm just like, I'm doing nothing. I'm not using any energy. But then as I say, uh, yesterday was my grand's 100th birthday and uh yeah so we had a party and it didn't end that early it didn't end that late like it was like it was probably just before one when i got home then i'd get up at seven ish so i was like book (laughs) oh yeah yeah i'll be all love (laughs) i know i used to have weekends like that where i'd literally just sit and vegetate and eat and watch netflix and then i decided to get social and make friends and now i actually go out the weekends Mm. and it's it's great it's fantastic but sorry god it's tiring um it is i can't do anything i can't literally can't do anything (laughs) no but i'm and i think people don't realize that when you're creative as well like you never kind of turn off because i was playing on saturday hours Yes, how did that go? It was hilarious because it was raining. It was very rainy. Like it was like monsoon <laughs> rain. And the like at the start of the set we were like there's a grey cloud but it might be fine and then we were like playing and then literally <laughs> like halfway through the set <sighs> torrential and like the I was playing like I play keys and bass and sing and I just the water was just battering my keyboard like all the keys were like oh my soaked god. my pedal was soaked and I was just thinking oh god if this all breaks the amount of gear, like the amount of money I'm gonna have to spend to fix everything but I think the event probably I'm assuming was insured but everything is fine we just towel dried everything after the gig but uh, I was gonna say I'd be concerned about fire or something <laughs> no well th- to be fair I was getting electric shocks off the mic anyway because of the way that they had wired it this happens from time to time it does happen from time to time I remember you told me this before, actually, and every time I'm like, oh my God, know, my like, lip went numb. And then I was like, halfway through, I was like, can someone help me? And then a sound guy brought up like a phone thing for the mic and I was like, that will do fine. Okay. Uh, do you know what, now you mentioned that, I remember recording somewhere and that happened to me and I thought it was just my lip being weird. No, it's to do with like oh, the okay. cheat, like I'm going to say this and it's probably completely wrong and someone's going to be listening and being like, that's not right. But I think it's to do with like... So whenever I was singing without holding my bass, it mm. didn't do it. But if I was holding my bass, because they were plugged into like the same chain or something, it shocked me. That sounds very scientific. I know. I don't really understand don't... it. <laughs> but he explained it to me and I was like, yes. Um, but I had so... <laughs> I there were so many... Um, like, um, like I don't even know how to like casual sexism at this gig on Saturday. Oh my god! I haven't really experienced it, it a lot recently, but it ha- like, and I'm kind of like, oh, it does throw you off. Aye, because like, it, I think people think you get used to it, but I think after I don't know what it is. Like maybe you just haven't been around people that much for a while in the industry, and then you suddenly get thrown into it, and you're like. Oh, this is happening again. Like, I have to say, I know what it is. Like, I have been gigging nearly five years. 
and I have always been like no I've never really experienced that much like of it but like literally like one two punch on the one gig like the very start of the gig um I was standing like the two members in the band that I'm that I play in like it's my friend's band so it's me and uh two brothers and the, mm-hmm. one of the event organizers came up and was like oh hi and he, he knew the, the the boys like and then they were like and whose girlfriend are you <gasps> I hate that so much <laughs> and then uh Darren uh he was like nobody she's in the band and then I was like oh and I just sort of like laughed it off because I was like I don't want to be a dick and then during the gig then like when we were sound checking I was referred to as um female bass player instead of just like just just oh, bass player would have been fine I was like what God. I don't know couldn't get over it. Or, like, you know, learning your fucking name. I, I mean, look, they sound people, they don't know your name, but I, like, they wouldn't be like, male drummer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that, though. I love My cousin that. was like, you should have been, male like, male drummer. sign guy. Uh, like, <laughs> male sign guy. Uh, I had that before, though, when I was running it. What was the, It was the premiere of Foxhole, mm-hmm. and the guy was, like, probably speaking down to me because he just, he said to me, like, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that you were just the event girl. I didn't realize that you were the director. <laughs> but I mean, even if I was just the event girl, you should still talk to me with like a little like respect. This is the guy that like then took my number from the emergency contact sheet and tried to no. ask me out on a date the next day. People are yeah. awful. I know. But I know what you mean, this casual, casual sexism thing. I recently had a meeting where the guy told me that I was taking this woman being nasty to me to heart too much because I'm a woman. Oh. And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, I didn't mean like that. I was like, no, it's fine. Don't worry. What, did, what other like, way can you mean that? Uh, I don't, I feel like, I don't know whether they think they're untouchables. So therefore, if someone's nasty to them, they, it couldn't possibly affect them because they're a man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's one of these strange, but like you said, like every now and then it throws you yeah. off. Because you're kind of like, oh, all right, I forgot that that happened. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I thought we had evolved, I but I guess not. No, me too. Hashtag. Mm. Uh-uh. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. So. I know. Well, I went to my Saturday. I went to a family party. It was a 60th anniversary for my partner's grandparents, mm-hmm. and I was standing at the bar and I was drinking a glass of wine, and I got these really dirty looks from these two ladies. That I don't really mm-hmm. know. And I kind of brushed it off because I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe they don't know who I am or maybe they do and that's what they're doing it. I don't know. Um, so I kind of just brushed it off. And then it kind of started happening a bit more. And then I found out that Scott's brother had decided to wind everyone up and tell them while I was pregnant. <gasps> so I'm standing there downing wine and gin and tonics and a whole room of people are judging me thinking that I'm poisoning my unborn child. So thanks for that, Ben. I mean, rightly so that they were judging you, but obviously... You weren't actually pregnant. Yes, mm. yes, indeed. That's but hilarious. I was. Uh, it was funny. It's funny. No, it's not funny. Like, but, it's... <laughs> but then I was thinking, like, a lot of people left the party before the end, so they left thinking that I was still pregnant and like an alcoholic. Um. So yeah, I've got some, you know, making up to do at the next family party. But you know, whatever. Or Ben does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's more uh, fair. I don't know where to go with that. It's it's bizarre. Um, so yeah, so this is pre-recorded, so this will be released while I am on my holidays, so holidays. Um, I will be somewhere doing something, something 
in much warmer weather because the weather here has been absolutely abysmal. What do you mean? <laughs> I, li- I cannot remember when it was last not I know, raining. It's awful. I've been I feel so like I'm in like a time. Noah Ark miniseries. Every time I walk into a school at the minute, I'm just like with a massive coat on and like all the water yeah. running off me, and it's just, oh. Anyway, I've had to get the boots back out the cupboard, I've had to get the coat back out the cupboard, I've had to refigure the heating systems. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I know. It's standard. Just, and when I go out now, I have to really think about like where I'm going, how long. Do you I'm know what be. though? It's because you're living up north now too. Do you mm. think? Because I think it's not as bad down in London and all. No, I think you're right. Actually, mm. you're you're I'm getting like our yeah. weather. <laughs> <laughs> the normal yeah. north weather. Oh yeah, I know. I see what you mean. It's devastating. Uh, it, it is kind of devastating. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Anywho, we're going to talk about in this episode coming of age films because there's been an amazing one released recently that I think me and Lauren have just loved so much. Um, and it's, I just wanted to talk about them because it's, it's rare that you get a really good yeah. one, I feel. Like I've made a list of 15 for us to talk okay. about and I like put them in like date order and there's like a massive gap in <laughs> some of the like years. Uh-huh. Um, that might just be me not picking up the decent ones, but by all means, like you can jump in and be like, Karis, you've missed this off the okay. list. Okay, so I'm going to start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. 1985. Oh. Can you guess what it is? Uh, I haven't seen it. She, you look so scared right now. It's is okay. It Everything's going to be fine. Is yes, it okay, is. It. Have you not seen it? That's totally I've seen fine, half an hour of it. And then I went to a Katy okay, Perry concert. <laughs> Why did you? T- what were you like waiting for a cab for? Oh, let's just watch this John Hughes film. Literally, I think that my flatmate was watching it, but whenever I was waiting to go, so I've seen enough, the first half enough. hour. It seemed good, yeah. Did you? Did you like the first half? Never, never thought about returning to it at all. I thought or? about it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's the thought that counts. <laughs> It's the thought that counts. I like that. Like, as if you like just test it out. Like, yeah, I watched thirty minutes of it. I might return yeah. to it someday. I've, I've heard good Keep things it on its toes. Well, this film, obviously, interestingly enough, stars Emilio Estevez, <laughs> and you know his whole family, don't you? So, <laughs> oh no, I already forget who I was mixing them up with. Every time I see any of them, Emilio Estevez, Martin Sheen, was Do- it Martin Donald Sheen? Sullivan, Sutherland, was he involved? No. Martin Sheen, Michael Sheen, all the Sheens. Mm. I immediately think of you, so you've done a lovely job there. Um, but yeah, The done. Breakfast Club. I mean, I chose this one because it's it's a nice high school drama that kind of folds in these different kind of background of teenage characters or like stereotypes in a mm-hmm. high school. And there's like deep, deep storylines they get into as well. So it's a lovely film. And I feel like a lot of people... Um, well, the filmmakers or studios, they try and go back to this format mm-hmm. of like the jock, the 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 bad guy, the geek, the nutcase, the um, I'm saying all the wrong terms. <laughs> um, basket case. Basket case, that's it. And the, is it princess? Uh, I've, seen, I've seen 30 minutes. But what I will say that. is I was talking to two American teenagers yesterday. Um <laughs> With their permission? Uh, or yeah, they were like... they're like distant like their mom is like a rel- like a distant relative, so they come over for my granddad's birthday. They're from oh, Boston. Cool. 
Boston. Okay. I can't do it. But um, and I was asking, them, am I doing it? I, I don't you, know. You made a better attempt than I would. Um, I was asking them about like, is it actually that clicky there? Like, and he was like explaining like, oh yeah, there's like the jocks and then the football players. They'll be like or like the oh, lacrosse players or something, and then he was like, and there is like preppy kids and all this and I was like oh really it is actually that clicky I didn't know I thought it was just like really over like what's that word I can't my brain's not forming sentences what do you call that thing when you like increase I've exaggerated thank you yeah <laughs> you're what you're welcome <laughs> that's the word you're I was looking for I'm doing better this week last week I didn't even know what um not feces what was it what was feces. the word I struggled with last week um Fabric, no. Facetious, facetious. Oh, I, I would never even attempt that word. I, I can't even, I tried to spell it and it come up with feces, so yeah. I have no idea Here. either. Um, no, I'm the same with you. Whenever I used to like meet Americans on the internet, which again, strange sentence, but it was totally safe. Um, I always used to say like, is the high school like you have the high school drivers? And they're like, yeah, it is basically mm. the same. But there's more sections of the jock. So it's I... not just the jocks. You've got the football jocks, yeah. the basketball yeah. jocks, the lacrosse jocks. And I was like, oh my God, there's so many. I think so. it's not as clicky here. I think it's just like, there's like... No. It's more... Cl- I, I think it's more classist than anything. School. Oh my God, it's so freaking mm. classist. It was literally like, if you had money, you were one of the popular people. Mm. And I feel like that's why you don't have as many British coming of age films, because it's less linear in describing who people are. Like, I don't know if you saw that show on Netflix, Sex Education. No. They basically, it was a high school drama set in England, mm-hmm. but it was so Americanized. It's quite jarring at first, but you kind of get used to it. But yeah, they've got like Letterman jackets. and. I seen like, I feel like I've seen like an episode and it wasn't really my jam. Yeah, it was hard to get into. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, um, it's not my fave, but it was okay, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, but yeah, it seems to be like a kind of classes system. And that's why a lot, you never really get, I mean, other than Mean Girls, but I guess Katie at start was a bit of a nerd. Mm-hmm. You never really get the films about the popular people. It's always about the outsider yeah. and, you know, kind of going in. So, like, The Breakfast Club kind of gives you, like, a little bit of a generalisation of that. But the next film I want to talk about is about the popular people. It came out in 1995. Clueless? No. Clueless? No. Yes, okay. be confident. Okay. Come on. <laughs> I'm, like, so scared. I'm like, why? I'm going to just end the call. I'm just like, I'm away. <laughs> all the podcasts. Okay. Yeah, Clueless, 1995. And this was basically all about the popular people. But they did it in a way where these characters were like super annoying. <laughs> well, not annoying, but super just like superficial and dumb. But yet you love them and it's lovable and it's funny to watch. Mm-hmm. Um have, have you seen Clueless? Oh, yes. I own it on DVD. Okay. It's... I feel like I had to check that now. <laughs> It stars Brittany Murphy, so I've seen it. Uh, I love, I love Clueless. It's a classic. I feel like this is this is another film as well. Maybe it was the first film that did it, where like she's walking share, not sure. She's walking tie around the um, playground or school courtyard or whatever it is, and she's kind of pointing out mm-hmm. the different groups of cliques. And I feel like every kind of high school movie does that. And as we get on, there's more and more and more and more cliques. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, Cher, you'd say, was in that popular clique, wasn't she? I think so, right? Yeah, like, if you were going to use the Breakfast Club kind of, like, yeah. terminology, she'd be the princess. Because then she takes Ty um, 
under her wing to make her popular. She eh. does, yeah. I think with the clueless though, the coming of age elements is obviously it's it's quite hard to relate to because she's so rich. Like <laughs> you wouldn't be like, oh my god, like what outfit is she gonna wear today? We didn't really have that issue because yeah. a we had uniform. Yeah. Thank God. Here, do you know what? Uniforms are underrated. <laughs> they really are. I would have been freaking out if I had to choose an outfit every day for school. Well, I wouldn't. I'd have no money, yeah. so I wouldn't have an outfit every day for school. I would literally be like wearing three outfits back to back. I'd be like a cartoon character, be like Dario. Do you know what? It's not. It's like uh, being um, conscious of the earth now. Yes, of course, fast fashion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That- Don't. This really makes me feel guilty because I'm a bit of a Primark hoarder. So, like, I do enjoy going into Primark and buying, like, a whole new wardrobe mm. with just, like, 50 or or £100. Pounds. Um, and then I have become more conscious, i say over the past year, mm. maybe, or six months to a year, where I'm like, no, this is not good. And obviously a lot more companies now are doing re- recyclable clothing mm. and things like that, aren't they? Mm. But, yeah, when you think about it, you're kind of like... I mean, obviously, as a kid and a teenager, you're growing constantly, uh, so, like... You speak do for yourself. Uh, <laughs> 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 what point did you get to where you just stopped then? Um, I don't know, but I remember being, like, very small in first year. I know I'm still very small, seven. but I, I was, like... Like, I feel, like, way smaller than anyone else in the school. Did you, like, did you always grow, like, a steady rate pace and then kind of, like, stop? Or did you ever have, like, a big growth spurt? I mean, no, I think it was a very gradual thing. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm 20 and this is it, really, I guess. Like, <laughs> 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 um, I, yeah, I always thought I was going to have a growth spurt. And my friends still take the piss out of me being like, remember you used to be like, next summer I'm going to be so tall. And I was like, ah, yeah, all right, <laughs> rub it in. But it does it run in your family, though. Um... Not necessarily, like my mum and dad and brother, my mum and dad are probably average height, my brother's a wee bit taller, like he wouldn't be six foot like, but he's, you know, yeah, close, and then my, but it's my granny, my granny's tiny, and I am now tiny because of my granny. <laughs> Taking it from her, bless yeah. her. I had like a massive growth spurt from like age 14 to 15, mm-hmm. literally I went from like being 5'4 to 5'7 and a half, wow. and like... A cut boobs to like C cut boobs. It was I don't very... remember when my boobs came in. Like I don't remember that at all. I do because I didn't have any bras that fit. Mm, I can't remember. And it, but it wasn't. It wasn't like I was like, yay, they're finally mm. here. It was kind of like, oh my god, no. I'd like because I think as a young girl you don't want to stand mm-hmm. out at all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I well, remember so... noticing my first armpit hair and being like, oh what. <laughs> See, these are the kind of things that you should have in terms of age film. <laughs> should we write one? Because <laughs> we should. This is it. We can call it armpit hairs and boobs. Oh, God. I know. It's, you know, just rolls off the tongue. But this is the thing. And that's the thing with Clueless. Like, it's relatable to a point. Yeah. But it's not because it's not really about growing up. I mean, in the end of the film, like, they all live happily ever after. And she ends up going out with her super successful hot stepbrother. Mm-hmm. So... There's not a lot of struggle, I'd say, yeah. in Clueless. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, the next one I want to talk about is... Oh, God. I love this so much. It came out in 1999. I'm going to give you a musical cue. Click cue. 
clue. You're just too Tell good I hate to about be you. true. Oh, oh. Jesus Christ, that was quick. I used to have the video of Heath Ledger singing that on my iPod. <laughs> Nano. <laughs> just of like emergency situation. Just used to watch it all the time on my wee tiny, tiny, tiny screen. I love it. That is my perfect wedding proposal. Like if anyone's listening to this, not necessarily Scott, anyone, <laughs> that's my perfect wedding proposal. Like I get it's going to be a lot of fuss, probably a lot of money and a little bit awkward, but that is just, that moment is perfect in that film. It's beautiful. I don't want, I, I, oh God, no, I would, that would freak me out. I think if someone did that to me. <laughs> also, I'm like, like if I ever get engaged, married, I do not want to ring because I am so scared of ring evolution. <laughs> like it's my my biggest fear. Explain this further. Ring evulsion. What is that? <sighs> it's are you about to ter- terrify me? It's now? whenever people are wearing a ring and then they like catch it on a gate and their finger comes just right off. What the hell is wrong with you? Why would you I think of that? I swear, I don't know personally, but I know in like a second or third degree of people that I know, two people that that's happened to. In my time. What, their fingers have been ripped yeah. off? What is wrong with Ireland? I don't know, but it happened to Jimmy Fallon too, but he just could afford the surgery. It happened to Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, I remember that time he was wearing that bandage on his, his finger for like four years. Well, half a year probably. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm just looking it up. And I, as a musician, I can't afford, and I'm so clumsy, I would lose a finger. Jesus, that's horrifying. So basically, if you're ever going to propose to me, just be like, here, do you want a bracelet? <laughs> just like, I, that'll do. Here's a nice watch. Oh my God, that is just completely throwing me off. Now I'm... <laughs> you're like taking your rings off, like, I don't want that. Literally, I'm like, for like if even five years time, I'm still not engaged, I'm like, yeah, well, actually, have you ever heard of this thing? <laughs> so there you go. We're just being very careful. I've, if um, I have saved one person's finger in this podcast today, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a strange cause. I feel like that's like a cause that 30 Rock would do an episode about. <laughs> he needs a kidney. Do you remember that episode? <laughs> I love that. Okay, 10 things out about you. Let's get back to this. So, um, I love this film. And it's a good coming of age film because it talks a lot about relationships. Mm -hmm. And it also talks about self-acceptance as well. Um, Whilst mixed in with some crazy Shakespearean storyline. the best soundtrack. The best soundtrack. Letters to Cleo. Letters to Cleo, what band? I'd have them as my wedding band. I would agree with that, you. Alongside me. <laughs> Alongside you, yeah, obviously. Oh. I don't think you realise that wherever you are in the world, I'm flying you out for my oh, wedding. I will be at your wedding. Like, you can't, you can't really so. stop me. <laughs> don't. Oh. Um, I want you to want me. I love that on the rooftop and all of the can end. You, can you do that as like a like a, a cappella, like, like as I walk down the aisle? Just like a really slow, sad version. Like, I oh. want. It sounds like a horror uh, film. It does. I was going to say, that's, that's like I Jordan Peele. <laughs> Next trailer. Let me walk looking behind like, what is about to happen? I thought this was a wedding. Yeah. Um, the character I love in this film is Kat. Because I think she's... I think she was probably like my first introduction to like a feminist mm-hmm, character. Would you say so? I love the I love that she kind of stands up for what she believes in, that she has a past as well. And I think this is one of the films I watched quite early on that talked about sex. And 
I like that she speaks about the fact that she's made a mistake and she's learning from it and she's moving on with it. And just talks about a lot of the pressures and obviously their father is a, a gynecologist or just like someone who it's helps out with so delivery long babies. Since I've seen that as well. I watched it again recently because I absolutely love <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, I like it because it gives a realistic picture of like teenagers do think about mm. sex and they think about sex a lot. And it, you know, counters on both of it. I think there's, isn't it um, Bianca Stratford when it's like, what, no, that's, that's John Tucker Must Die. I don't know if I've seen that one. <laughs> Sorry, ignore me. There's this one character, there's one thing where a character says boys think, girls think about sex just as much as boys. I, I don't know. Is that, is that I'll have to look into that later. But anyway, I really, really enjoyed anything we had about you because of that character of Kat. Um, and we didn't really seem to get another one for a very long time. Yeah. Like that. So, I mean, what do you think? You love the film because the music mainly, don't you? I, but again, as I say, it's, it's, it's been a quite long time since I've watched it. Um, I, I've watched it. I used to watch, I watched it quite a bit, probably when I was still in school. But I, I, I know what you mean. Like, it's one of the first times where, like, the main character isn't, like, super girly. Ditsy. And, like, I, it was, like, yeah. I, I always liked her. I always had a bit of a girl crush on Julia Stas. She was like a queen of like nineties rom coms and stuff for quite a long Do time. Do I hear my Julia Stiles impression? Oh my god, yes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wasn't the typical kind of lady lady back then either. It's um yeah. What does she do now? Riviera. See. Oh she's in Riviera. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it though, but That's I see cool. the ads for it all the time. <laughs> All the time, and I always feel like it's just like rubbing it in your face, like, ha ha, you're poor. Do you know what, though? Rich. I really want Julia Stiles to do well. Well, I do too. I don't have anything against her. Like, because isn't she, she, like, she's like a Silver Linings playbook is like the smallest part, and I was like, what's happening? She, she was what? Who was she, in, who was she in that? Wasn't she like one of their sisters or something? Julia Stiles. I think so. Okay, let's fact check this. <laughs> 2012. Yes, she was Veronica. I know why my Julia not... Stiles filmography. Why can I not picture this? Um, what is in Bradley Cooper's sister? I can't remember. I don't think Bradley Cooper's sister. Maybe Bradley Cooper's sister. I can see stills of her in the film, but I generally do not remember her being yeah. in it at all. I see, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Did I, I, I've, It's been so long since I watched that film. Mm. Yeah, I literally can't remember. The only thing I really nearly remember about the film is that Julia Stiles is in it. Goes to show how successful that yeah. was. Okay, moving on to a film you will most definitely remember. It was released in 2004. Absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, I've spoken about this on the show before, and I think I've mentioned it probably I think every single episode about it of this before. podcast. We um, have. So there's not really much else to say about it, apart from the fact that it probably shaped my later teenage years just because of how realistic it was about bullying was and I... girl pressure and body pressure and clicks and, Yeah. It is, it's great, it's great. Uh, I recently saw the musical 
and they have like changed some of it to be a little bit more modern as well like they, I don't think I was going to ask you about this because I mean I mentioned recently that a couple of girls I know I've, I've watched it for the first time and said it was quite old which broke my heart yeah. um but what how have they kind of modernized it in the West End show I think it was like I can't remember sorry wheelie chair um i can't remember its specifics but i think it was something to do with the line fugly slut i think it was something else instead of that <gasps> that's iconic i know but i think they changed i think they did like I, I think it's one of those ones they changed to like fugly something else <laughs> i can't see i think because someone else mentioned this i read an article recently where it was like mean girls was about slut shaming and mean girls wasn't very lgbtq friendly but i think it's such a snapshot of that mm. time period where, you know, if girls did call other people girls But also it's so. sort of like, the point is that they're like slut-shaming each other because then at the end in the auditorium, they're like Tina Fey's character is like, if you're calling each other sluts, then you're just giving permission for it, for boys to call you that too. Exactly. And it's an educational process. Yeah. And I think that like that speech at the end, like just Tina Fey's character in general, like when they start forgiving mm-hmm. each other and they have to, and you've got the whole like, I just want to bake a rainbow cake right. and la 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 la. It's about forgiveness and moving on and acceptance and things like that. I mean, at the end of the film, everyone's kind of gone their separate way Mm. and they've just become who they want to be. Like, Gretchen is another Gretchen sidekick because that's who she is. Like, that's her, you know, mentality. Regina is a bit of a bitch still, but now for the lacrosse team. Mm. Like, it's... Yeah, it's different. But, um... Yeah, it's a shame, I think, sometimes. I always defend it. (laughs) Also, soundtrack, Samantha Ronson, that song. And I wonder if I'll just feel this way. That's such a tune. Such a good song. And also, is it, is it Lucy, not Lucy Rose, the, it's the same artist that did songs for the, the 13 soundtrack. Katie Rose, Overdrive. Oh, I don't, what one's that? Out of bed at the crack of noon, play the music and have a swoon. I can't stop thinking of your face. La la in da 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 da. I'm six feet under the bullet true. My crack new age philosophy. Was this a Diamonds where there once were studs. I'm sitting in Jay Mansfield's car. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, that part I remember. I, I should have sung that bit, but I got too carried away. I was like, I'm not recognizing I'm this song. Independent. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, borderline. Um. Good soundtrack and God is a DJ by Pink, so you know. Who I'm seeing tomorrow. Oh, very jealous. I guarantee she won't play that song, but anyway. <laughs> She's got uh, so many songs. Like I know the last time I saw her, I was like, because I've seen her a few times. Like in the last time I saw her, I was like, I don't think she has any left. Like I think she's played them all, and then she came back out and did like so what, and I was like, oh, I mind that. Yeah, well, it's like I mean, the new album she's just released is not my favorite, but I haven't had a lot of time to listen to it. it. Yeah, but the one she just did before, um, which had like "What About Us," I love that album from front Mm. to back. It's a brilliant album. So yeah, for for someone like Pink to keep bringing out bangers. Anyway, we're getting off subject. I'm not dead though. I'm not dead. That is the album. Not dead. Dead. Just just floating. Is it floating? Underneath the right, stop. <laughs> Number five came out in two thousand and seven, and I'll give you a clue. It was a mm. Halloween costume that you did. Do you know? Do you know? 
okay. AKA another one of the best soundtracks of all time. Oh, probably maybe the most influential soundtrack of my life. And your career. Because like, it's just... <sighs> it's so good. Amazing. It's, um, this was an interesting film. My mum wouldn't let me watch Duno because it was about a pregnant girl, you know. It's out in the cinema, I think. Very Catholic. Um, (laughs) ironically, my sister got pregnant shortly after this film was released. (laughs) Should have made her watch it. Uh, I know. Um, yeah, it was different for me because I'd never seen a film or, I don't know, a TV series about a teen pregnancy where it was very comical and tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. about it. It wasn't like, that oh my God, so this good. is a horrible thing that's happened. It was, this has happened, this is what we're going to do, and we're just going to get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, elements of it that really stuck with me were the kind of... <clears throat> my voice is going... The laid-back <laughs> relationship between Juno and her father... I love mm-hmm. a good father-daughter relationship in films. Because, you know, I haven't got one in my life. Um, but I also... I never know how to respond when you make me to I'm like, I'm sorry. Someone said to me yesterday, they were like, um, today, they were like, so what did you do for Father's Day? And I was like, nothing, because I don't know where he is. And they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's totally fine. I'm just kidding. I was like, oh, are you? I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. And then I had to just leave the room. <laughs> Anyway, oh. back to Juno. The okay. other element I really liked because it was Juno came out when I was fifteen, sixteen. Was the relationship mm. with her and Jason Bateman and how it was inappropriate. Yeah, and I feel like every teenage girl should see that because it's so easy to be kind of gaslit into this mm-hmm. platonic situation, and when actually there's like other intentions by the man. Yeah. Um, but no, I love it. I love that film. It's oh, one of the funniest films of all time. It really is just like. I feel like it's probably the film I've watched most of my life. Yeah. And like I've watched it so much. And I've watched it at points and laughed my head off and then I've watched it at other points and cried my eyes out because there's actually oh. a big emotional undertow to it. Yeah. I mean That's what I mean Diablo Cody just nailed that script didn't oh she? God, like, just absolutely. So I mean the part when Bleaker runs and then notices that Juno's not there and then just mm-hmm. runs to the hospital. Aye. Oh my god. It uh, just, And then that bloody Come with me, my love. I'm like, I am done. I can't handle it. The soundtrack's perfect. It really is. I listened to that soundtrack literally throughout editing and writing Demi. Mm -hmm. It flows throughout a lot of my work. It hasn't for a while. I feel like you referenced it a while when we were. We did, yeah, we did. That's that's the thing. But I mean, again, it's a film that I don't think new audiences would immediately go to. Ah, that's true. Because I I had a student once called Juno. Ooh. And I was like, oh my, because like, I was like, that's like my favorite film. And she was like, I haven't seen it, but people talk to me about it all the time. And I'm oh, like, bless you should her. watch it because <laughs> it's really good. It's like 12 years ago, it came out. That's scary. I know. I mean, I saw Mean Girls in the cinema. Oh, wow. I, I, I'm shocked. And do you know the best part <clears throat> was my, uh, me and my friends were going to go. And then my cousin, my male cousin, <laughs> was coming down. And I was like, oh, he's coming down. And that means I can't, like, go see Mean Girls. So I was like, we'll go see Harry Potter. Do you want to go see Harry Potter? Because I think there was a Harry Potter right around that time as well. And I was like, sure, I'll get the, the tickets. second one, yeah. I, and then I got the tickets for Mean Girls. And then <laughs> he came in and he sat down. And I was like, by the way, this is Mean Girls. I'm so sorry. Lauren. And he still, to this day, quotes that movie. So it's fine. <laughs> I love that treachery you did there. I know that's like the, literally the meanest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I can 
ever picture you doing that? that I, I bet you were like really scared the whole time as well. Oh, I was petrified. <laughs> I was 12. 12, yeah. Mm. Well, keeping with Peak the Michael badass. Sarah theme, um, at number six, also in 2007, was Superbad. <laughs> So this is I more of a male that. coming of age film. There's no, not a lot of there's not a lot of female progression in this at all. Um, you've obviously got like Emma Stone and. It, but I are... have to say, do you know what? Like that movie really spoke to me a while up purely for one thing. What's that? That Emma Stone's character doesn't drink. <laughs> I remember being like, I don't drink. And feeling like you've even been though seen. I was fifteen, but like everyone else was drinking at fifteen. <laughs> It was... I had the po- I had a poster, a super bad poster in my room. Did you? Mm, I loved it. I, I loved it. it. I loved it. I mean, I mean, it would be if it was released today, it'd be absolutely ripped apart. Um, yeah. but I loved it. I think Scott only saw it a couple of years ago and was going on about how much he loved it. And I was like, where oh, were so you? Good. Like, how did you not watch it when it came out? Everyone at school talked about this film. Like, mm-hmm. if you hadn't seen it, you were not cool. And I think shortly after Pineapple Express came out, and that was like the next <laughs> thing. <laughs> I, that's the, maybe the hardest I've ever laughed in the cinema up until last week I think was Pineapple Express when James Franco gets his foot stuck in the windscreen <laughs> oh my god that's classic James Franco as well Like that was the good old days but yeah super bad it is technically a coming of age film I mean it is about young boys partying uh, but mm. I think that a lot of boys saw themselves in those characters where they were like the they were the nerds and they were Mm -hmm. trying to be cool and trying to get alcohol and i think it just reminiscent because like i don't know about you obviously you don't drink but being younger and trying to get alcohol for a party it was always like a crazy adventure so it was quite a cool film to watch and you know yeah reminisce too okay and number seven it came out in 2010 and it was scored Mm -hmm. by alex turner Submarine? Submarine. I haven't seen it. Oh, this you'd love this film. This is a kind of age film, so it talks about the breakdown of his parents' marriage. He talks about this new relationship that he has. Richard Aowardi directs it. And it is a very bittersweet kind of age film, I'd say. Mm. But the soundtrack is amazing. I mean, one of the pivotal things I noticed when I was going through this list, and obviously knowing that I was going to speak to you, was these films all have great soundtracks. Yeah. And I think that must be part of it. Like, I don't know, the structure to make a good coming of age film is to have a great soundtrack. I think I, because I think, like, music is one of the... I don't know, maybe I'm only speaking on, like, how I was as a kid, but, like, music is such a... Uh, my brain is like a storytelling device? Not working. No, but, like, it's such a... Like, it's... It's a... a my God, my brain. It's like a wild part of your identity. Yes. There's like, I have playlists that I have of certain points in my life mm-hmm. that are very like specific to that time. And like, I won't listen to some of them, like depending on what mood I am or something like that. So I think mm-hmm. like having a playlist for a coming of age room is a snapshot in time. Yeah. And, you know, has all the emotions, happy songs, sad songs, you know, things like that. So yeah, it's great. And I think it's, um, I mean, I don't remember the Superbag soundtrack so much, <laughs> but... Neither do I actually. No, I couldn't even tell you one song. Literally at all. Is there any... Is there anything... I can't think. And nothing jumps to mind. I'm, I'm Googling it now. Okay, on the super... Yeah, it's just... Um... No, nothing really, like, that sticks out. Mm. But no. 
probably the money they probably couldn't afford it yeah and it's expensive though to god yeah eight songs yeah um next up is number eight it is the perks of being a wallflower this one is too much i don't think in i think we've talked about this before have we I don't think so. I don't talk about this film a lot because I've only seen it once and it didn't really take me. Okay, I've seen it once as well. Maybe twice. The first time I watched it, I cried the whole way through. Really? Nearly the whole way through, yeah. Because it, it really was like too close to the bone for me. I was not expecting such an emotional sucker punch in the third, mm-hmm. in the second and third act, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's actually a lot more emotional than people expected it to be. I thought it was just good because every when it was first announced and obviously Emma Emma I would just I just thought of every single Watson. Emma then other than Emma Watson. I was <laughs> like Stone <Clinton>. Roberts. <laughs> um she was announced I was everyone was very excited about it but nobody really mentioned I'd never not re- read the book. Mm-hmm. Um so I read I, the book after I think. Did you? Um so I never really thought much about it and then I watched it and I was like whoa hold on <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, oh, no, it was too much for me. It is very hard to watch, I'd say. I mean, it's, it's just, you just, it's, it's. I don't know, I think the way they did, there were certain scenes, it wasn't, like, the parts that I was crying at, of course, I cried at the big emotional things too, but yeah. I think the thing that really, hit, I was probably on my period, to be fair, but um, <laughs> whenever, it was just, like, the scenes of him just, like, sitting alone eating lunch and stuff and not that I necessarily ever had that problem but it was just like I remember just feeling very like oh like I want to talk to them or like blah 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 and like just feeling like very uncomfortable I think that's why yeah I think relating to like when we talked about eighth grade like that's what I kind of feel like because it's just a little bit too emotional yeah. at times i'm just like i'm just gonna open these blinds because at the moment there's like you can't you're see just me. a big shadow I'm just a massive shadow i don't understand in the sh- shadow right i don't think that's any better i don't know this fancy thing again oh look at this oh look at you that cracks me up every time <laughs> Um, for anyone listening I, I love blurred we went the background like, of my video yeah, you're blurring the background of your webcam looking fancy we went from talking about being really depressed to like oh my god seeing Lady Gaga um, yeah I think another thing for me with this film is that I wasn't expecting it to also talk about um, sex in the way it did abuse in the way it did mm-hmm. it really like is a like I said, an emotional sucker punch. I mean, it when 13 Reasons Why came out, it did remind me a lot of this film in some ways, just because it kind of ticks off so many very emotional, powerful issues that you could experience mm-hmm. in your young adult life. Um, but I don't know. Sorry, I was just laughing because you disappeared again for a second. I can't. I'm trying to control um, the light here. It's driving me crazy. It's fine. I'm going to turn around. Turn around, bright eyes. Jesse St. James. Um, Jesse St. James. I have to get a Glee reference into every single every one of our episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you've watched it once and it's not really something you'd pop on. Um, it's not like, like a lighthearted, really like, oh, I'm going to watch Perks of Being a Wallflower for the crack. And do you know what threw me off is um, Melanie Linsky playing the aunt. Oh, I love Melanie Linsky. Because I love her so much. And then I saw her in this and I was like, oh. 
I know, I was horrified. I was horrified. Um, yeah, you know. Um, Probably good casting, though, to be fair. Yeah, I think so. Because it's like, I mean, obviously, mm. if you read the book and stuff, you knew it was coming, but I didn't, and I was completely yeah, thrown off by I that. I couldn't it, believe it. And they really, honestly, I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable just talking about this film, so mm. I'd like to move on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, number nine, it's Kings of Summer. Never heard of it. I didn't think you did. Now, this is a little bit of a... Um, just a little bit of a wild card. Not a lot of people have actually seen this film. It's, um, I remember watching it because a guy I really liked was like, hey, I was on a flight and I saw this film and it really made me think of you and I think you should watch it. And so I like rushed and watched it and then like by the time I'd watched it and spoke to him, he, he had a girlfriend, so it was pointless. But the film's still good. I just thought I'd share that little pathetic story there. <laughs> but um, yeah, it stars Nick Offerman. Um Okay. And it's got Nick Robinson, Moses Ararius, um, who just reminds me of the kid of Hannah Montana. But it's actually a really lovely film. So it's essentially about these three boys um, and they're on the verge of adulthood and they basically go to the woods and they go to this kind of clearing and they just want to like live in the woods, essentially. So they build a house and um, they're just going to be free from responsibility and parents. And it's a really lovely film. Obviously, there's some elements of, like, a girl being involved and things like that. But it's actually just a really lovely film. Um, I think it's on Netflix. And I would so recommend people to watch it. The cast is great as well. You've got Tony Howe, uh, Lily Reinhart, Hannibal Buress, um, Kamal Ninjani. I mean, Nick Offerman, Alison Brie, Megan Mullally. Like, it's... Jeez, that's a great it's cast. It's a great cast. But not a lot of people have seen it. It's bonkers. So, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I think it's a great film. And it's a good coming-of-age film. Because it talks about, you know, not wanting responsibilities and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one is Boyhood. Yeah. What did you think of Boyhood? I loved it. And then felt like, later on, I was like, oh no, people don't love it as much anymore. Yeah, I kind of went through that thing where people kind of forced you into not liking it anymore. I can't remember mm-hmm. what the reason for it was. Me either, but I just remember thinking, like, in terms of, like... The way that it was made, obviously. Like, I don't think you can get a more authentic film. Come on, a page film. The way they made it, because of obviously how, yeah. like, they literally filmed one human coming of age and whatever. For like 12 years. It's yeah. crazy. I, I mean, blew my mind. Like, I loved it at the time. It did, I bought I, it on Blu ray. Before, before, I think I've got it on DVD, if not Scott has. Um, before I went to see it, I knew nothing about it, so I had no idea that they were filming it for like. 12 years really bless you thank you um no i had no idea i've not even heard of it before so when it was coming out i was really shocked and i went to see it and again the soundtrack wise i mean the moments where it was like high school musical was playing and like certain, and Gaga and all. And yeah, yeah certain songs were playing and i just but what thought, i loved about that was that they obviously at the time had to pick certain songs yeah, and to know like, well that well, like I to to mark those dates and they and they did well. They did. I mean, that's what I mean. Like as a as a filmmaking journey, it's incredible. That's why I was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why everyone forced us not to like it. I, I, I don't want to get into it. I don't know. Didn't mm-hmm. mark the memory, but I thought it was a fantastic film. I really loved it, and I think for coming of age, like you said, you can't get a more authentic story, because. It, it just. But I think one element that I really really loved is Patricia Arquette's character arc. 
and I love the speech she does because mm-hmm. um, it's coming of age for her as well as a woman and she does this speech yeah. where she like I've done this I've done that I've done this and look at me what do I have left with and it kind of like scared me because I thought I, throughout the film I was looking up to her like she was a single mum she's worked really hard she's become mm-hmm. successful and then yeah once her kids leave what what does she have mm-hmm. so it was kind of scary but yeah I know I, I love the film I love the film me too um, moving on to number 10 no that was number 10 number 11 on the list is The Diary of a Teenage Girl is that the one with Kristen Wiig yes it is this is going to shock you I've not seen it oh my god I am very shocked because I thought not only would you see it because it's like a female led film but it's Kristen freaking Wiig you are uh-huh. Kristen Wiig's number one fan evidently number two fan number, number two I'm going to get the number one fan on the podcast next week. Um, the main premise of this film is... It's set in the 70s, by the way. It, the main premise of this film is that she is awakened by her sexuality and she is obsessed with losing her virginity. Um, and it's about sex again. It talks about, you know, whether she's attractive, does she receive attention from boys at school? And then it delves into an affair she has with her stepdad. Um. So, a little bit dark... But it's funny because it talks about sex and there's a scene where she has sex with a guy from school and he's going really, really fast and kind of trying to get it over and done with. And it talks about how different girls and boys look at sex, Um, which again, you only get this in films. You don't get this when you're in school and actually learning about this. Not Um, in Catholic schools anyway. (laughs) God, no, not in Catholic schools. Um... But no, it's a great film. And again, I don't remember the soundtrack very much on this, but I'm pretty sure it was very great. But no, it's a fantastic film. And I'd... Again, I must add it to my watch list. I'd tell you to bloody watch it. I really mm, would. To be fair, it's a joke that I haven't seen. It's probably one of the only Kristen Wiig movies I've not seen. I think that as well. Yeah, there is an LGBTQ element to it as well. Yes, there is. But no, I definitely watch it. It's a great film. I really liked it. The director, Mariel Heller, as well, went on to do that film, Can You Ever Forgive Me? with Melissa McCarthy. Okay. So yeah, she's a good Have director. you seen that? No. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to see it. But it I wasn't in the cinema long enough for me, actually, yeah. so I have to try and catch it. Okay, number 12 is Moonlight. <laughs> I like to Boyhood, obviously not realistically because it's not all the same actor, but obviously we have this story of this yeah. young man and we see him through three different ages and I think it's such a incredible storytelling method and it's yeah. hard because if you don't cast it correctly or I'll give every single actor the right um, chance um, on screen, it wouldn't work, but with Moonlight it worked and the coming of age element obviously strongly focuses on a gay man. But for me... I really related to the whole having a terrible mother relationship and having like living in like almost poverty mm-hmm. and I think they did that really well but I think some of the parts of this like when he asks what a faggot is mm. it's such a beautiful scene and I mean to this day Mahashala Ali is just an incredible actor. Uh, it really like I was so glad whenever I came out in a cinema remotely near me that I could go see it because I really wanted to see it in the cinema because I always think it's important to support films like that. And it, it just destroyed me. It was so beautiful. It was just... It just destroyed. Like, I remember it, it finished and it just sitting there being like... <sighs> That's how I felt. And the music, again, in this film is so 
emotional and just mm-hmm. carries the whole thing through. I mean, there's just so many moments in it that are just heartbreaking, but you just you feel elated at the end of the film because it's just such a it's just such a journey, if anything. Um, but yeah, so that that was definitely on my list because it's just and then uh, the things it achieved. I mean, the Oscars it achieved. I mean, that was the year, wasn't it, where it won the wrong film? Hello, Scott. Yep. Oh, he's pulling faces at me. Um, Why? Because he's just weird. He tries to make a scene. Um, he's throwing me off my track now. That's why he does it. Okay, next up is Ladybird. I loved Ladybird. You loved this a lot more than I did. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I included it on this list because I like we have to talk about it because a lot of people mention it as a coming of age film, but you loved it a lot more than I did. I mean, what elements of it did you love? That's not me asking in a shitty way. I'm just generally no, interested. no, no. Um, I I loved like the strong female friendship element. I just loved that Saoirse Ronan was in it. I loved like the whole mother daughter thing. Like I just thought it was really well done. Like. Like it's not necessarily like a very overly abusive relationship. It's a it's more like a sort of most parents are like that at times, you know, oh, just like bearing. subtle digs and all that sort of thing where they're just like they don't realise the effect they ha like things like that. Yeah. Um and I just I just genuinely loved it. I just really, really loved it. Like what 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 did you not like about it? I d- I just felt there was something missing in a sense. But I won't go into the negative part too much. I'll talk about the positives I like. I like mm. that there was a Catholic element to it. And it spoke about it honestly and openly. That Catholic schoolgirls seem to struggle more with this stuff. Because we're constantly told, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And you should do this and you should do this. And it's kind of like even more pressure as a young teenage girl. Like, you have no idea what's going on with your body. You have no idea what's going on with your life. And then at the same time, you've got all these people telling you what not to do yeah. as well. And you can't talk about it because it's shameful to talk about it. So I like mm-hmm. that element. Um, I thought the young women in it were fantastic. Yeah. Beanie Fieldstein was great. Um, I just, yeah, the mother-daughter as well. Like you said, it's like most parents are like that, but it's kind of a, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I think that maybe the hype got to me. But I like the Lucas yeah. Hedges story as well. When it was, oh yeah, a, he was gay too. I think that was. Um, I love Lucas Hedges. Oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Have you seen Mid Nineties? Not yet. No, it hasn't. It never came out here. He's an arsehole in that. Like it really. No way. He really put me off him. It really did. Um, last but not least, it's Love Simon. I haven't seen it. Oh, God. Um, we've spoken about this film in so much detail on the podcast before, but again, I think the most pivotal part of Love, Simon, The Coming Age story is the fact that it is about a young gay man and it's the first Hollywood film to focus on a gay teenage romance. So there is that. And last but not least, it's Book Smart. Maybe the greatest film I've ever seen. Honestly, and do you know what? This was so hyped up. I thought it's not going to deliver. Same. It's same, not going to deliver. Dying to see it. Like I was counting down till it came out, and then I could not get to see it, and I couldn't find anyone to go see it. And then I finally was like, 
um, I, I, I was like, I'm just going to go by myself. And then I was like, wait a minute, my pal Olivia will love this movie. So then we went. And I swear there was moments where the two of us were literally tr- like couldn't even concentrate on the film because we were trying so hard to stop laughing. Yeah, I had the moments as well. It was so good. Like, see that scene. I don't, not really spoilery, but the karaoke no, scene. No, go ahead. The karaoke scene. Oh, where they're doing a lot of more set. I <sighs> never laughed so hard in my life, honestly. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. For me, I I did I remember seeing Olivia Wilde's Instagram. She was talking about Aye. this film, and I was like, yeah, "This same. is amazing! She's directing." And I didn't think much of it because may, and maybe it was me. I don't know. Maybe it was me underestimating her. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I saw it progress, and I saw it was coming out, and I thought oh, that looks interesting. Didn't really watch a lot of trailers because um, I just don't do that anyway with any films these days. And then it obviously came out in the festivals and I saw that she was doing all these interviews and stuff like that and it was doing really, really well. I thought, that's fantastic. And then every single celebrity that I followed on Instagram was talking about it. And I was like, mm. this is crazy. Like, everyone seems to love this film. Like, I didn't see a single review of anyone criticising this film. Yeah. And then we didn't get to see it till really late on in the release. And it was just me and Scott in the cinema. I, I only seen it last week. yeah. And we went to see it, we went to see it and I sat down and I was kind of like, I don't know what to expect. And I freaking loved it. It was mm-hmm. so many levels to it. It spoke about, you know, the geeky girls, but it wasn't about them conforming. It was about them being who they were and being true to themselves and experimenting. And, mm-hmm. you know, or just developing their own characters. You know, the fact that, you know... Amy was gay, she wasn't conforming, she was trying to explore that sexuality in a mm-hmm. safe space. And Molly was, you know, she's high maintenance, she's a bit high strung, and she's not going to change that. She just wants to kind of meet more people and things like that. Yeah. So it was, I love that it wasn't about the transformation, it was about just, I don't know, transcending almost, just, you know. Yeah. Plus, Billy Lord is just oh my God, freaking Billy incredible. Lord. The whole thing, like the whole, like every character was brilliant in their own way, and like they were so fleshed out. It was like you could tell that she'd spent time with all of these actors and fleshed them out. It wasn't like anyone was just like a one liner here or a one scene here. Mm -hmm. Everyone was such a like I remember all of their names because they're so well done. Um, Did you hear the Maya Rudolph like cameo as well? What? So at the start, you know, when Molly is listening to that inspirational podcast. Is that Maya? That's Maya. How did I not notice that? Yeah, no, it's really funny. I didn't realise that either. But I mean, I've said before in the podcast, the adults in this film were fantastic. Oh, like Jason Sudeikis. Oh, he's so good. He's well forte though. But that's the thing, like, I was so, like, obviously not annoyed because the film isn't about the adults, but Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow was so good. I'd love to see, like, a a side show of them. Or just, like, them just riffing for, like, an hour and a half. Like, at the end of, like, the whenever they're going out now, he's wearing, like, at the graduation, he's got, like, a Gal Pals badge on. Yes. Oh, it was my favorite thing. It's just all, it was just brilliant. Like, honestly, there wasn't one part of it where I was, like, I just thought it was perfect. And they looked like they were just having fun as well. Like, yeah, because they, like, they lived together, making it to make sure that they were, like... Really close. Super tight. And oh, I didn't realise that. Because they hadn't really met before. And also, I was really happy for um, Caitlin Dever, because Short Term 12 is, in my opinion, one of the best movies ever. 
and so ridiculously underrated. Um, which is why I was like, how Brie Larson didn't even get nominated that year for that film. Still blows my mind, but I'm happy that she, uh, Caitlin Devers, getting good roles. There was a bit of a gap in her career, because I was thinking that, because she did... Um... She was also in Bad Teacher, that Cameron Diaz film in 2011. And she was in that Jason Reitman one, wasn't she? E... Yeah, hold on. Men, women, I'm children. I'm getting there, Lauren. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah, so she did. She was in The Spectacular Now. She was in Short Term 12. And then she did Men, Women and Children, um, which is the Jason Wright one. And then she wasn't in any films for three years. And then she kind of come... She was in Detroit. And she was in um, Beautiful Boy. Oh, and, I really want to see that movie. And then she was in Booksmart. I mean, she was in um, she's in a TV show called Last Man Standing. But yeah, she seems to have taken like a little bit of a gap. But I mean, I think she's very young, so she was probably studying. But she's mm. great. But the original script of this film was rewrote because they originally it was about two girls. It was about Molly and Amy seeking boyfriends for the prom. Oh, thank God they rewrote that. Oh, I know. And obviously they revised it so one of the lead characters was a lesbian. And mm-hmm. um, so they changed it to they're going to the after-prom party. So obviously there was more revisions um, going on and on and on and on. Um, but I'm glad that they did it because that would have been just such a boring film. Yeah. Uh, it's just been very unoriginal. Very unoriginal. But it's... It worked, and that's the thing. I think, I mean, the script had been going on since 2009, so I think when you work on a story for that long, if you're listening to this right now and haven't yet published your story, look at Booksmart. It took 10 years, mm-hmm. but they did it. So, yeah, I just loved it, and it kind of breathed, breathed like this whole new fresh air into me regarding coming of age films. And it just made me try and remember the really good ones because I said to myself, I wish I had this film when I was 17. Because yeah. it was just great to see two smart girls mm-hmm. like put that stream first and then it was a good message it was like you can do that but you can also have fun and yeah. you know being and also another message is being a book smart person doesn't make you any better than someone who isn't like there's still yeah. people that you know you can be the girl that you know has the slutty reputation and still get into yale and things like that yeah. I think it was it had a good a lot of good messages behind it i mean it's it about slut shaming yeah it spoke about sex it spoke about gender it it just covered so many boxes and that's why i was so amazed by how well it did do like, mm. like you said i just i couldn't find a fault with it i really couldn't no. i'm sitting here now trying to think like the only thing that annoyed me about the movie was that i saw it so late that it's now not in the cinema anymore so i can't go see it like 16 more times <laughs> very true to be honest it didn't do very well over here it didn't even no. place in the top 10 that's devastating i don't think it actually even placed in the top 100 no way no i'm pretty sure that it, someone said that it didn't even chart something to do the release time or something but it didn't do well over here at all i don't know whether it's because it was very american um mm-hmm. or you know it was about a gay girl um but that wasn't very advertised because so i didn't even know that until i watched the film mm. so I, I that's that's really surprised me I knew that it didn't, it didn't do amazingly well, but I, I thought it would have done relatively grand. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, compared to the films that we just listed, I don't think a lot of them did very well in the UK either. Mm, true. Other than, like, obviously, Moonlight and Boyhood and... You know. uh, but even at that, like, I don't know even... 
moon, like how much moonlight made they had it had like a super limited release here. True, true. Yeah, I'm trying. I think I saw mm. Moonlight twice, but that was like very close together. Mm. But yeah, it's a weird one. But that's it. That's the coming of age films I mentioned. I mean, unless there's anything on the top of your head. Um, Demi, two thousand and fifteen. <laughs> uh, I guess like if I were to mention. Away We Go is like one of my favorites, even though it's not necessarily like a teenage coming of age, but it's more like adulthood, like becoming parents coming of age. It's such a beautiful film. The film you uh, tell me to watch all the time, and I see yeah, it's it, like my it. favorite movie. Uh, on the same vein, Young Adult. Yes, Young Adults are great coming. Of- this is what I mean. Like you've got like different elements of this coming coming of age. It's like the adult kind of coming of age. Yeah. Also, I think you might agree with me in this one, but it is hella problematic. It's kind of a funny story. I don't think I've seen this. No, you have seen it. Emma it Roberts. Aye. Hold on. It was like all over Tumblr. I think that's why I didn't see it. Oh, it was good. I really loved it. No, that hold on. I think I have. Zach Galanathis is in it as well, isn't he? Aye. And you know your man, Care Gilchrist? From Atypical and... Uh, yeah, why am I... You know, it's Tara. I think I've watched it once a very long time ago and I don't remember it. I really enjoyed it for what it was back in the day. I don't know, I haven't watched it in a long time so I don't know how well it's I like... can't remember if I've seen this or not but I think I have. That, Love there's that no movie. judgment on the film. I think I just watched a lot of films this <laughs> summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones but I don't... No, I think those are my faves. Those are the ones that I've thought of whenever you asked me to think of ones. I think it's because you see a lot of yourself in a lot of coming of age films. Because I think it can help lost people feel less lost. Knowing that there's yeah. other lost people in the world. But I mean, like you said about coming of age being different kind of age generations. I mean, we're working on a web series now about girls in their late 20s. I'd say that's mm. almost coming of age. Like someone yeah, because said- I think you can come yeah. towards any age. <laughs> <laughs> someone said to me yesterday, they were like, do you miss being like in your early 20s? And I was like, fuck no. And they were like, why? Yeah, I, I was like, because I know who I am now. Like I'm settled mm-hmm. and I'm still learning and still growing, but I'd never go back to being lost. <laughs> no, thank you. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm good. I like won't... even just working with kids now, I'm like, thank God. Oh, I yeah. am not in this generation of children. It's just... The pressure, I can't even get into it. It gives me a headache. I get in a bellyache, a stress bellyache, just thinking about what my kids are going to have to go through, and they don't even exist. Yeah. So now, apart from my puppy, who I'm finally seeing on Friday. When did, how many weeks old is it now? Uh, it, she will be three weeks on Thursday, so we're actually so seeing her. five more weeks? Yeah, so we're actually seeing her a lot earlier, because we're not a lot earlier. Usually you meet the puppies at four weeks, but we're going to be on holiday. So the breed has been very, 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 very accommodating and is letting her see her early. Um, so hopefully it all goes well. I'm just doing that thing where I'm panicking and worrying and thinking it won't happen or something bad's going to happen. Yeah. And Scott's like, you can't worry about things that haven't happened. And I'm like, do you know me? That's <laughs> no, I all I do. That's all what I do all I day. Do <laughs> I worry about, you know, a train crash happening and, you know, car accidents and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I just, I need to just kind of need to chill and just, yeah, count down till Friday. I'm so excited. That is so exciting. I'm excited for your Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm very excited too. 
Um, okay, that is it. Maybe I'll do a film about Kara's coming of age. As a puppy. Who's, who's Kara? Kara's the name of my puppy. Oh, very Irish name you've gone for there now. Well, have you seen... Have you, I've told you about the names that's supposed huh? to call our children. They're all going to be bloody Irish. Really? Yes. I'm not going to get into it on this call. But, yeah, basically, all Irish... <gasps> Uh, but, like, pronounceable Irish, or, like, are we talking, like, a Blanid, or are we talking, like, a... <laughs> We're talking the poor little darlings are going to have to be them kids in school, like, no, miss, it's this. Yeah. So, we'll see. But anyway, thank you so much for being on the pod. <laughs> no problem. Um, and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for coming back. I, I never know how to end these podcasts. No, I know. The whole, like, name three things you're grateful for thing went out the window, did it? Yeah, I just didn't care what people are grateful for anymore. But I forgot about that. You forgot about it? I did. When, when the, I wonder when the last time I did that was. I might have to bring that back. Yeah, go on then. What's three things you're grateful for? Okay. <laughs> She's just sat back in her chair, all confident, like, here I go. Uh, number one. I'm grateful that my granddad made it to 100, so we can brag about that forever. He got a letter from the President of Ireland wow. and a card from the Queen. Wow. Uh, he was more excited about the Ireland one because they gave him money. Uh, <laughs> they give you like two and a half grand for turning 100 in the South. To, no, is there like a return policy? Like if he doesn't... <laughs> if he, if he did, dies tomorrow. Like, um, I don't know. But yeah, so that was, that's, that's, uh, that's one thing I'm grateful for. Number two thing I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that I literally just submitted the last violin exam of my this term. It has been hanging over me Congratulations. for a month and a half. Uh, let me see. Number three, I am grateful for... know that sleep is that sleep exists i i can amen you on that what about you i'm grateful to be hopefully getting my puppy i'm grateful for all the wonderful friends i have in my life because days like father's day remind you about family sometimes and i have to remember, mm-hmm. remind myself that i have a brilliant family of friends mm-hmm. including yourself love you so very grateful for my friends and grateful that I'm going on holiday next week because I can't be bothered with day to day at the moment. Too tired. I know I get two months off now. I am buzzing. Oh my god! Will you come visit me? Um, I actually might. And we puppy. Oh. oh. We can yes. have a puppy shower, like a baby shower, but with a puppy. <laughs> well, will the puppy be there? The puppy will be here from the end of July. Not at the puppy shower. <laughs> oh, well, obviously. <laughs> because the baby's not there at baby showers, is all I'm saying. Oh, no, they're not, are they? No. Well, I'm changing the game. Okay. Think about all them poor babies missing out on these parties. This is true. Mm-hmm. Just saying. This is true? Yeah, we'll have to talk about this, obviously, off air. Yeah. It sounds good. Okay. Okay. My address is... <laughs> <laughs> park outside um if you like the podcast obviously rate review subscribe we're five stars on itunes which is great and we also have twitter now which is at not having it pod which you can follow um, oh i think i don't follow that yet 
Well, don't be a... Oh, wait, no, I definitely... No, maybe? Don't be a Lauren and follow our pod. Um, Also, if you own HelloFresh, we could really do with the sponsorship. All right. (laughs) I love you so much. Um, And I think that's how I'm going to end the podcast. (laughs) I love you too. It's mutual. Squarespace, anybody? Oh my god. Stats.com. Uh, <laughs>